Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Boots, boots, boots. I can see Tony dancing to this right now. <laughs> I can see him right now dancing. You think he's dancing? Head on sideways a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after the after, it's not a long plane ride from Houston. Wow, that it's one was bad. a long one. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. I know NFL teams actually watch the replay of the games when they're flying home. Hopefully they didn't do that. No, I would think the the better route would be just anything else. Yeah. You know, play some cards, go on video games. Don't, that, don't relive that. What's that, Squid Games? Maybe you can watch that off of uh, Netflix or something. That's a big Netflix thing right now. So maybe they can watch that. Or maybe they got a copy of the Bond movie. I don't know. I mean, even Dusty Baker sighed when he was getting up. I got to get on a plane to yeah. Chicago. And he's up to zip. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, we did not expect to be talking about, or at least I didn't expect to be talking about being down to nothing. Uh, going into the series, I would have been a little more upset um, if I thought the Sox were going to win the series. But I'm not. I'm, I'm a big Sox fan, but I'm what I consider a realistic Sox fan. But the last thing I was concerned about going into the series was the Sox starting pitching. And Lance Lynn goes three and a third, and Giolito goes four and a third. You know what? That's not enough. That's no good. Well... When I saw Dallas Keuchel was on the taxi squad, I thought, good decision, because Jeff Passan told us, of course, he'll right. be on the... I'm like, why? Why would you do that? I know. But then uh, then I thought, I had to double check, was it Dallas Keuchel actually pitching in game one? <laughs> um, because I didn't see that coming. Now, you had no. tweeted out uh, the, the Lance Lynn number, or the... Uh, Lance McCullers numbers. McCullers numbers yeah. against the White Sox, and it was bleak, and then... After the fact, I saw the uh, Lance Lynn numbers against the Astros, 0-5 with like a 7 ERA. Right. I'm like, good Lord. I I, know. I, I, I don't even know how. Look, I didn't see them flaming out. And, and Tony didn't want anything to do with that kind of line of question yesterday. You know, well, we had more hits than they did. Yeah. Look, I know you don't want to get the team down. Right. And you have to be upbeat and positive. Sure. They ain't going to get it done. No. 18 Especially singles. singles, yeah. 18 singles, you know, the no. second team in Major League Playoff history mm-hmm. to have 18 hits in the first two games in all singles. All singles. 2003 Marlins. Yeah. For you Cub fans out there. Help. Yesterday, they had 11 hits. The top three guys in their order had eight. Yeah. So the bottom six only had three hits. That's a problem. That's why you leave nine men on base. Yep. Top of your order gets on. The other guys can't get them in. And uh, that's a problem going even in the game three. Um, now, they do hit home runs usually at the ballpark on the south side guaranteed rate field. Okay, Home field would have been nice. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Langs from MLB.com posted a stat this morning that teams are 6-0 and so far in the postseason when they out-homer their opponent. So... The White Sox, who were homering a lot in the second half of the season, mm-hmm. they haven't done any. They haven't gotten to second base yet. I bet two guys to hit home runs yesterday in the game. I could have bet two guys to hit doubles in the game, and I wouldn't have come up uh, a winner. It's the hitting has been bad. Some of the decisions by Tony Larusa have been questionable. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Jump on and let us know what you think. And I got. I haven't had a chance to double check. Tyler, maybe we can. You can help me look. Is Michael Kopech, the only guy in the Sox bullpen that has not pitched. Because I know Ruiz pitched, and um, you got Lopez, Crochet, and Ruiz in the first one. Then you have Tapera, Bummer, Kimbrell, and Hendricks. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven relievers and four or five starters. 
So is is Kopech the only pitcher the Sox have that has not pitched? I think he might be. I don't. I mean, there may be one other guy, but I wasn't. I still am thinking that they were holding Kopech because they're going to give go Rodon Kopech. They figured they'd win this game. Well, yeah, and if it's Rodon, you might need a guy coming in after exactly. four innings. And they did this a week or so ago, right? And during the regular season, they had Rodon, and then they went to Kopech for a few innings. And here's what Tony Larusa said yesterday about not using. Michael Kopech. Well, it's you know we were going to play the game today, and if we had needed him to win the game, we would have pitched him. But you know whatever happens on Sunday, we've got his length there. Uh, I mean that's that's another big asset for us. We didn't have to waste it. But if we he could have pitched any today and still been available, but he'll be more available. Okay, now he he kind of contradicted himself. He said length, so that me- leads me to believe that, that they were thinking they would bring him in well, in the fourth. Now they were in the fifth inning, so they said, well, we don't need his length now. We need his length when we're going to need it. Right. But you know what? Maybe you could have used it. Plus, I'm not sure how many times during the course of the season Michael Kopech came in with guys on base. Usually he was a guy that started an inning. And I'm not I'm not a big fan of this whole thing. Well, you can't bring a guy in. Guy needs a clean inning. Listen, you're a damn pitcher. Go on and get a guy out. I had this problem last year when they complained about Rodon. When Rodon came in, they said, well, you know, he's never pitched in relief before. Well, you're a pitcher. Sometimes you're asked to do things you're yeah. not comfortable doing. John Lester has pitched in relief well, and, before. And, and, Mark Burley pitched in relief before. You just, you're a pitcher. Your job is to go on out there and get a guy out. Well, another guy who's not comfortable doing what he's doing, obviously, is Craig Kimbrell. No, not comfortable and, with and anything. And Tony Russa said in the post game, well, you know, he's a closer. Okay, now I'm totally confused because when you made the trade and you gave up some pretty good assets to get Craig Kimbrell, who, by the way, they have a team option of $16 million next year or a million dollars to say you're a free agent and right. thanks for your service. I would have given him the million and told him to find your own way home because yeah. we don't need you, you don't, in you don't game need three, on four, Sunday, or five yeah. or whatever. Yeah, um, but you know, here's, here's the problem because we heard no quarterback controversy. You know, There's no <laughs> egos here. These guys will yeah. do it. He has not looked com- comfortable from day one. No. Now, he said the right things, and Hendricks said the right things, but for a while there, neither one were really firing on any no. of their cylinders. No, they weren't. So what, what looked like to Rick Hahn was going to be a, a you know, wealth of riches and, and you know, wealth of choice has really not worked out well for, for no. either guy, certainly not Craig Kimbrell. He's yeah. just, uh, he looks lost out there. Yeah, he does look lost. But the other thing LaRusso said with that Kopech thing that got me is that he said, well, he could have gone an inning and still been, okay, well, if he could have gone an inning, then maybe you should have had him go an inning and then still go with his length on Wednesday. Or actually on Monday would yeah. be for game four, if that's what you're going to do. They have not announced their starting pitcher yet uh, for game three. I'm expecting it to be Dylan Cease. Well, they, yeah, they're saying Cease or Rodon. Now, Rodon has been saying it's not a big deal, but for the last couple of weeks, Tony Roos is like, well, you know, it could be better. And we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um, you know, the, the fact Tony LaRusso was basically saying if, if they were up a, a, a run in the seventh inning, right. they might bring Rodon, uh, uh, bring um, Kopech in. Right. But now he was basically saying we need him for do or die, yeah. win or win or go home Sunday. Uh-huh. So they didn't they didn't go down that road. Right. By the way, Fred, you are correct. Michael Kopech is the only reliever who has not, has not pitched. Yet. Okay, um, I kind of thought that interesting but, because he was on with Waddle and Sylvie talking about when the phone rings at the bullpen and you know he's geeked it might be him and that's not him and not him at all. Yeah. No, he's the only guy that hasn't gone in the first two. Now the question is maybe they're deciding. Listen, we haven't thrown Kopech yet. Are we going to go Dylan Cease? And then if we lose, not use Kopech the whole series? Or maybe does Rodon get the start in Game 3 with Kopech to be his follow-up? And Cease is waiting. I would think you owe it to Carlos Rodon 
to let him go because he's been saying it's not that big a deal. Now, right. the velocity's down. We know that. Um, but he has gotten through four or five innings, to, you know, more pitches than he'd like to do in the last couple. Yeah. But you have to throw him out there. And if it, if he can only give you three innings and turns into a bullpen game, good good luck. I mean, God yeah. bless. You have to go that route. And that's why uh, you can't have Kopech not coming out of that bullpen at all. No. And be, you know, swept and say, see you later. Yeah. three one two three three two three seven seven six. 332 Usually we would talk Bears. And, you know, they've named um, the starter, Justin Fields, not only now, but going forward and all right. that kind of stuff. You talk about a 180. Exactly. But uh, now we're going to talk White Sox. And don't forget, 10 o'clock, I slide out and Pat Boyle slides in. Line actually, change. Actually, I think yeah, it is a line change. I think he'll, he'll hopefully he doesn't spray me with too much when he, he pops in and stops in here. Because uh, the hockey show begins today at 10 o'clock. The Blackhawks are getting close. The Bulls played last night, and they're making everybody happy. Showtime. They're running up. Everyone and, yeah. loves Showtime. It's Showtime Chicago. It's amazing what a point guard will do. Yeah, Stacey King's having all kinds of fun calling these games. So 312-332-3776. Sox and White Sox baseball. We start with our buddy Jim out in Aurora. Hey, Jim. Hey, guys. How are you? Been better. Oh, hey, I, hey, listen, both you guys are already hitting on my thunder. Uh, all we've been hearing about leading up to the playoffs, Michael Kolpeck, he's our guy, two-inning guy. He, where, what, he should have been the first guy there. Why, why did they go to crochet? I don't understand that. Uh, the other thing, uh, Brian, with you're right on with Kimbrell. I called in several months ago with Jesse Rogers there. I said, immediately they should have named him the closer, sat down with, both those guys. Otherwise, you shouldn't have made the trade. You've got to, you had to make Kimbrell the closer. They should have. They're saying all along, oh, Tony, he can handle these guys. He's our guy. Don't worry about it. Well, right there, it's over. Yeah. You know, Jim, the more you think about it, the whole acquisition of Kimbrell made, you know, at the time, everybody thought it was a good deal. You get, now you have two of the best closers in baseball, but it's kind of like, if you have two starting quarterbacks, you have no starting right. quarterback. And now it's right, like you have but, two closers, you have no closer. So by getting him and not naming him the starter, which I, I like Liam Hendricks as a, as a closer, right, not starter. Sure. But I like Liam Hendricks as a closer. So maybe they shouldn't even have gotten him. Correct. Trade for somebody else then. But Kimbrell's probably going to, well, he might end up in the Hall of Fame, but who knows. Not for what he's done this year. Not, 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 <laughs> no, not now, but his track record indicates yeah. he, he's got the track record. Sure he, he does. does. Yeah. Yeah. No, and he's pitched well in uh, postseason games in the past, Jim. We appreciate the call. It's, it is it is baffling, and I, I don't know if we saw this. How many people saw it as a problem when it happened? I didn't think that he was a guy they needed. I was surprised they got him. I thought if it worked out fine, great. You got a guy in the eighth and ninth innings, and for a couple – Weeks it looked like that was going to work okay, but yeah, he's uh, he's been miserable. And to hear to hear Larusa say he's a closer, here's what he had to say about Kimbrel yesterday. Well, his resume speaks for itself. And sometimes you know he got behind the count, got a fastball over the plate, he gets a double, hung a break up once, home run. But uh, here again, I mean, I hate doing it. You take it however you want to. It's my explanation. You think it's an excuse? You know, he's a closer at heart. It's not his situation, but he willingly got ready to pitch, come in there and pitch, and uh, it's, it's it's a different situation. So he is his resume. I hope we give a you know we're in that we are we're ahead on Sunday. And I think you'll see 
what he's done his whole career. Oh, my God. If you're ahead on Sunday and you bring Kimbrell in, you're going to have 40-some thousand going crazy. Oh, man. I, but, I mean, just th- think of what you just heard there, right? Yeah. You know, I, you, it's an explanation. Might not like it. He's a closer at heart. Now, his head might say, I can do something else. His heart, I'll do whatever the team wants. Right. And, again, they all said the same things. But now this is when it's crunch time, and he's not comfortable in that situation. And what do you do? I mean, moving forward, certainly Sunday, do you bring him in and you feel good if he's a nurse in one-run lead in the ninth inning? Is he your closer or you bring him in the eighth again and, right. and what if he falls apart? And what do you do next year? You pick up the option. You gave a magical and Cody Hoyer yeah. for half a season or not even you know, right. from the trade deadline on. Do you give him a million dollars and walk and you just gave up? Two young ass- yeah. assets and uh-huh. said, this just didn't work out. It's bad money. We're not going to chase it. Yeah, and, and most Sox fans, you know, now you're, you're, you'll are you look back and say they shouldn't have given up Cody Hoyer. When the Sox did give up Cody Hoyer, he was brutal for the White Sox sure. this year. Sure. He did nothing but pitch great for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. He pitched tremendous for the Cubs. Well, not, not, no pressure. He I mean, not, I mean no. really not no. high leverage situation. Per- perfect thing for him maybe to get some confidence. And yeah. But you're not coming into the games that mean anything, even no. if they're leading. No, absolutely not. 312-332-3776. Callers are lining up. We're talking White Sox. Sox are down 0-2. Game three coming up tomorrow night. You'll hear it right here on ESPN 1000. Don't forget tonight, we've got, that's right, tonight from 6 until 8, we've got White Sox Weekly because we get a full day of programming today here on ESPN. We've got the hockey show coming up, College uh, Chicago's College Tailgate, uh, White Sox Weekly tonight at 6 with Connor McKnight. Lots going on right here on ESPN 1000. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Oh, Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. I can't believe uh, Sylvie didn't just call and, like, fire me on the air for forgetting to mention that Waddle and Sylvie are on today, 2-6. to six. Vegas, baby. That was the one show I missed. I mentioned the hockey show and Chicago's College Tailgate. And then at 6 o'clock, White Sox Weekly. But from 2 to 6, you've got Waddle and Sylvie. They are live at Circa in Las Vegas. Saw some pictures of them yesterday. They had a nice steak dinner. Of course they had a nice steak dinner. Yeah, And uh, so they'll talk all about Vegas. They'll be on 2 to 6 right here on ESPN 1000. They'll have plenty to talk about. They were watching at Circa, the White Sox. Probably all the playoff games. I wonder how uh, Sylvie felt about KB going deep. How about that? You mentioned the the home run. Uh, yeah. The teams undefeated with the yeah. multiple home Six runs. 6-0. 6-0 oh. oh when he out home the opponent. Interesting Sports Illustrated article out, too. I, I saw it on Twitter yesterday and read it. Um, those tears we saw when he was on the phone in the dugout minutes yeah. before the trade deadline, everyone said, oh, boy, he's getting emotional. He's leaving the Cubs. According to the story... He was on the phone with his wife, and they had anticipated for a month that he would be traded. Right. And now, with like 10 minutes to go, they were counting the minutes down, thinking he was going to be traded, and he was upset. because yeah. he has a line here in the in the story in the Sports Illustrated. You can find it online, at least I did. And if I can find it online, anybody can. And uh, there's a line here says, They left Brian in the visitor's dugout at Nationals Park talking to his wife on the phone, counting the minutes. Is this really not going to happen, he thought? I got bitter, he says. He got he wanted to be <laughs> yeah. gone. And he yeah. said he's he's been 
very, very happy in San Francisco, and they're very happy with him. And yeah. we'll see what that translates into a long-term stay or certainly increasing his free agent stock one way or the other. Yeah, Logan Webb was ridiculous oh, last night. Lord. I mean, uh, How old is very, he, very, like 15? He looks very, very young, and uh, he looked very good Seven yesterday. Seven and two-thirds. And uh, they, they shut down uh, the Dodgers in that series. They got one nothing lead. Game two of the National League series are both today. The American League takes time off. The White Sox come home. Don't forget, 7.07 start tomorrow, 6.30. Pre-game uh, with Connor McKnight tomorrow here on ESPN 1000. Back to the phones. A lot of people want to talk White Sox baseball, and we may not have a lot of time to do this. Uh, let's go to Berwood and Patrick here on ESPN 1000. Hey, Patrick. Hey, guys. Kuhner uh, and, uh, and him, a great show. Appreciate you both. Thank you. Um, I have a couple of critiques about Tony La Russa. Uh, the first echoing probably what's going to be a common theme today. Um, why? Why? Number one, why has Kolpak not been used in the first two games? Number two, by his circular, I'll be dead end logic, if he's saving him for a leverage moment, is his preference to go 0 and 2 and have things be too late by the time Kolpak comes in and then it's irrelevant? What, where's the problem? Why, why wasn't he used yesterday? And to add to that point, he brings in Crochet, Crochet who had but already pitched innings in game one, so now you're bringing in a, a, a pitcher with a tired arm yep. as opposed to bringing in a, a fresh Kopech. Uh, that makes zero sense. Yeah, Fred and I um, were talking about that before the show. And, yeah. and, again, when you hear that circular kind of reasoning you alluded to with Tony La Russa, it was almost like that's their plan, okay? The plan was written in ink that Rodon will be going Sunday, even though they haven't announced. And, again, he had two lineups the other day until they saw what Abreu was able to do, and, and Dusty wasn't happy with that. But it almost seemed like, well... Tony, again, has been negative about Rodon's uh, health right. and physical ability to go and where Rodon has been brushing it off, more or less. But it was almost like we're going to get three or four out of Rodon, and we need Kopech at that point to be a bridge guy to, to the later sure. inning guys. And they weren't going to vary from it, but to the point where you can only win the game you're playing, and it's 4-4, and next thing you know, it's you know nine runs on the board nine and you're four. in trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. exactly. My, my second point is, and, and I'll hang up and, and listen to, to your gentleman's uh, feedback on this, is uh, I, I was befuddled as to why the, the substitution came about. And I think it was in the bottom of the eighth inning where he, uh, once Hernandez went to bat, he put uh, Lurie Garcia out in right field. And uh, does Lurie still think it's like late July or mid-August? Um, it, it, I, I'll give props that Lurie is a great utility uh, player. He can play any position. But you're putting a guy who's about uh, who's not – who doesn't have range? Who's about five eight and has no range in, in the outfield compared to leaving someone out, uh, leaving Angle out there, or putting uh, someone like Andrew Vaughn out there. And Lurie couldn't have looked more lost when that ball yeah, was. He took hit a bad angle. Speaking of angles, yeah. he took a bad angle yeah, on the career really double. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll hang up and, and and I'd love to hear your guys' feedback as to whether that was a good move or not, and whether that could have been the, the backbreaker for that game. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Patrick. Um, see, when it, when that happened, it was actually top seven. And Engel was scheduled to lead off. He had struck out and hit a line shot that would have been a double down in the corner, but it, Bregman made a nice uh, unbelievable. For it. Yeah, running, uh, leaping, yeah, unbelievable. And of course, the Astros have made every single play, <sighs> every single play they've made. And um, so he was leading off the seventh, and I didn't have a problem with Larusa bringing in Cesar Hernandez. He wanted to make something happen. I understood that. Maybe he gets on base, you get the top of the order going because Engel hadn't been on base in the first two. But by doing that, you knew that Lurie Garcia was going to go to right field because he was playing second base. They moved Hernandez in. They don't have a deep bench. No. I guess not many teams in baseball do. But your bench yesterday was um, was Hernandez, 
Zach Collins, Danny Mendick. I mean, you you don't have a lot of guys you can bring off the bench to help you. So Cesar Hernandez comes in. Heck, Danny Mendick might have been a better choice to pinch hit at that point. He strikes out. Then you go to the top of the order, and Anderson strikes out. Sox get two guys on base, and Grandal flies out on a really nice uh That was the catch. running leaping catch, yeah. Yeah, a really nice catch by Kyle Tucker. So Who else? I, I, hurt you with a bat, too. Yeah, yeah. He hit, he hit you with a home run over the other, uh, goes the other way off of Kimbrell. But I didn't have a problem when the move was made. I understand it's late in playoff games. You want your best defensive players out there. Um, but Adam Engel, that's always been his problem. He can't hit. Last year he did. He hit like 290 last year in the shortened season. But this year he's been struggling. Hard to even keep him in the lineup. There was a chance he'd even make this roster because he was not in the lineup so much this year because he kept hurting his leg. He would have had that ball. There's well, no doubt he would have had that I'm ball. I'm just going to throw it out there. Now, look, 18 singles ain't going to get it done. No, it's not. The starting pitching, the way it has been, not going to get it done. The bullpen, not going to get it done. Your defense is, is okay. It's good. It's not anywhere near Astro-level defense. No, it's not. So I get all that. But, you know, Tony Russo was asked about pitching changes and strategy and everything else. I know Jerry Reinsdorf wanted him to be here. And... God bless him, you know, from spring training on, Jose Abreu said, this guy has the most professional camp we've ever seen, and you right. love him. And he he made the connection with the younger players. Everyone feared he wouldn't be able to do it. Could he be one and done? I mean, God forbid if they, you know, flame out Sunday. And right. here's hoping they don't, obviously. Yeah. But if they are not only a, a, an opening series exit, but they get swept in, you know, depressive style. Yeah. I, I mean, I know it's probably 80-20 not going to happen. He'll be back. But I mean, he he looks. I mean, he looks tired. He just does, and and I know the mind is still working. But right, people are questioning his moves, and just as they questioned Rick Renteria last year exactly. during the playoffs. Yeah, and it, it, I always say that people have listened to me for decades. I don't think managers mean a whole heck of a lot until it comes to bullpen moves, yeah. and changes. And if the organization, Rick Hahn, Tony La Russa, everybody had the decision, like Colpeck, we're saving him to go with Rodon. Now, maybe that happens now. Maybe it speeds up. Maybe that was going to be game four with season game three. Maybe now Rodon goes in, you know, tomorrow night with Kopech to go because of all this. Because are, are you going to go into, are you going to go into game three to have not used Michael Kopech at all? I mean, that's, some people are mad it hasn't been happened already. Right. But I got a feeling that they were saving him. Absolutely. And like said, he's the only guy in the bullpen that hasn't pitched yet. It, that was the plan. Yeah. It wasn't articulated. It wasn't publicly spoken about. But no. you know, that's they're saying Rodon only going to get you five at the most. Yeah. And, and maybe not even that. So we have to have uh, a guy like Kopech ready to go. And there's always an off-day press conference, at least I think there usually was yeah. in playoffs. Yeah. So we'll find out later on today if, in fact, uh, somebody asked that to Tony LaRue. So let's go to the north side. And, Eddie, you're on ESPN 1000 with Hubner and Hanley. What's up? Hey, guys, how you doing? Well, I can tell you right off the bat, I don't care who's pitching, starting, middle, or even end. If the White Sox do not score at least seven or eight runs Sunday, they will lose. That's the problem. They're not patient at the plates. They're not taking walks. They're not aggravating pitchers. And when they got swept by Houston, that four-game sweep, here's what they scored. Two runs, one run, three runs, two runs. That's when Houston swept them. Teams that go all the way to even when the Cubs won won the World Series, I used to remember them guys just stood at the plate and the pitchers were like, wow, that was a good pitch, but they didn't swing it. It's a ball. Next thing you know is a walk, walk, walk. A hit, three runs, four, five, six, seven. 
if they can't score that many runs and they're supposed to be such a powerful offense, as everybody said through the whole year of this guy, this guy, they're going to get swept. No, no doubt about it, if they can't score runs like that. Eddie, I appreciate the call. That was my biggest fear going in because they've had stretches where they don't score. They've had stretches where they strike out a lot. In game one, they only struck out six times. Yesterday, they struck out 11 times, I want to say. Yeah, 11 strikeouts. They scored four runs, but not nearly enough. The top three guys in the order, again, three hits for Anderson, three for Robert. Luis Robert's such a good player. And two for Abreu. Abreu's been sick, and he's got four hits in the first two games. But after that, you had Grandal without a hit, Jimenez with a hit, Vaughn with a single late in the game, and Lurie Garcia with a hit. Moncada went 0 for 4. Um, Grandal left six guys on base. And uh, he did have a sack fly. He did hit that line shot that Kyle Tucker made a nice play in. But you need your other guys. Your top of the order is getting on base, but someone's got to bring him home. And no one's doing it. And speaking of home, we talked about this for months that, boy, you you know, you're basically a 500 team on the road. You have the best home record in the American League. And Tony's like, oh, if you get it, you get it. If not, you know, you just got to play the game. So that's fine. But I would think you'd be at least sitting here one and one yeah. after two, if not yeah. two and zero. Oh, and they lost it by a game and a half. Well, right. they lost it by two games. But because they had the like Astros, a month to raise two games. Yep, and they didn't. They played. They did not play good ball in September until the last week when they had a six-game winning streak. They won two in a row from September until that streak. Their longest win streak was two. Yeah, you needed to to do better to get home field. That's why you want. To, that's why you play well. That's why you get the good records. Don't you think that? I mean, the Dodgers. The Dodgers had 106 wins this year, and they finished second to the Giants. And because of that, the Giants are hosting them. Yep. So today will be tonight's game will be in uh, San Francisco as well with the Dodgers coming there. Let's grab another call. We go to uh, out to the roads and Brandon. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Brandon. Hey, what's good, guys? Hey, I just want to say the same thing, man. Piggyback a little bit. You got to score a lot of runs with this suspect bullpen. This bullpen needs margin for errors because. This bullpen is so overrated. They're going to give up runs. They come in walking, guys. They walk the leadoff hitter. If you go back to it, Giolito, you'll walk two leadoff guys. Yep. We got our two, our two main guys giving up runs with two outs. With two outs. That's ridiculous. And the part, the part of the problem is when you're dealing with a lineup like that, you need more than one go-to pitch. And, and, and the way I look at it, their change-ups, you could tell it's a change-up before it get there. There is no bite to it. They, they, they straight fastball pitches. So when they have to go to an off-speed pitch with a lineup like this, they know the difference. And it's sad with our hitters. Do we do scouting reports? Most pitches have one go-to pitch. One pitch. And we still and, – and it's going to be a ball. We still swing at it. And, and, and help me out here, guys. I saw they, 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 they went to the uh, uh, dugout shot of the Astros when they got on offense. And like three of their guys were all looking at individual iPads. They're scouting reports that they are doing right there in the game. And, and, and could you help me out this? I don't know what it was about, but in the middle of the innings, when they, we, we got back in the dugout, Tim Anderson was hot. Yep. And he was cursing. Who was he cursing at? Was he cursing at where they lined him up at for his defense? I, I don't know what that was about, but shame on that, that, that uh, broadcasting team for not finding out what was up with that, guys. And this this bullpen, I'm going to tell you, is so overrated. They never they, – they, this bullpen has given up more uh, leads and, and blown more saves than anybody in the majors, and it has continued. And I like Ethan Katz, but our guys never come out 
Never come out with any, any fire. Even when they walk somebody. You know, you see Liam Hens, he curses himself out. When these guys walk, the guys show up, they're so like, ooh, okay. I mean, hey, good talking to you guys. Brandon, appreciate the call. Now, I think when Tim Anderson was swearing, you saw him in the locker room or in the dugout, I think it was after he struck out in the seventh inning. Because I remember looking at him because he struck out in the seventh inning after Hernandez struck out. Then Robert singled, Abreu walked, and then Grandal flew out. I think that's when he was. But he said after the game, Anderson said, "Listen, they know where to play me. I know they're going to where they're going to play." He said, "It just you know he leads off the game with a ball up the middle, and there's Correa making a great play on it." But and the, he had two when he was yep. out there at you know fielding, and he just I mean. It was like they could have placed the ball yeah. just out of his reach. He couldn't yeah. even move. It was beyond him. When Bummer was out there, all three singles from yeah. Bummer went right up the middle, yeah. right over second right. base. They yeah. could have just put guys there. Yep. Here's where they hit Aaron Bummer, right up the middle. Now, are the Sox bad at positioning? Someone's got to let us know during the course of the season. That's or, what Brandon's saying. Where's yeah. the scouting? You know, yeah. you know, defense, don't worry about shifts, but just saying, here's the tendency of this team. Yeah, and he's right about walks. In game one. Lance Lynn walked the leadoff guy in the second inning, he scored. Leadoff guy in the third inning, he scored. It, from September 1st until the end of the regular season, in four starts, 21 innings, Lance had three walks. He walked two in the first three innings, both leading off, and they both scored. Yesterday, it was a walk to Altuve to start the second, then a fielder's choice, another walk. Both of those guys scored. And then he walks two guys out of three batters in the fifth before it gets pulled out. They scored. So basically, four of the nine runners scored because of walks. Well, I, I, I was thinking about this yesterday. I don't know why, but 2008, the Cubs-Dodgers here yeah. at Wrigley Field, right? Yeah. Ryan Dempster, game one, not doing Harry Carey impersonations. Seven walks. And I think three or four in the first inning. Yeah. Game two, four errors. Everyone in the inf- infield made an error in one inning, I believe. Yeah. I mean, it, it, guys, you know, the, one thing about Houston, they don't seem to be intimidated no. because they, you guess what? They are the best defensive team. They had the best, second best ERA for starters yep. uh, behind the White Sox. They are obviously one through nine are, are great hitting team. They've got it all. So maybe, you know, you said you thought Houston was going to win it, but you didn't think it would be no, this bad this week no in two games. No, I thought it would go to five games. Now I would love to see it go to five games. 312-332-3776. Back to the calls after this. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Back to the phone lines talking about the White Sox down 0-2, Game 3 of the American League Division Series tomorrow night. Guaranteed rate field. Blackout game. I'm trying to figure out which network it's on. I think tomorrow it's uh I think tomorrow it's FS1, I think, because the first game was FS1, the second game was MLB Network. And I'm sure Fox has got football. It's hard to t- it's hard to tell one night to have, right. you know, one game to another, which are where all these games are at. There's TBS. There's ESPN, there's the MLB Network, there's FS1. I mean, you know, maybe that's another reason baseball's got some struggle. It's kind of like the NCAA tournament. Where are the games? Is it one of them on the True Channel or True TV? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, yeah, yeah it's hard to find them all. Hopefully, um, you can find the White Sox tomorrow. Uh, you got a lot of time. The Bears play at three something tomorrow against the Raiders, and then when they after they beat the Raiders, they'll go right into White Sox baseball somewhere. Let's go to Valpo and Paul. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Paul. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, I guess a couple of points that other callers made. I mean, I think it's always easy to blame it on La Russa, but 
I think, you know, the bullpen, uh, last caller mentioned, uh, is, you know, very overrated. I think, you know, Steve Stone, I've heard say many times, well, Bummer just gives up ground balls. He's never he, – he, he said the other day on maybe another station that he's peak Zach Britton. I, I don't. I don't see that. He didn't have a very good year. No. So I don't know if, if Larusa has as good of options as everybody thinks. And you guys just kind of touched on it. Maybe this team just isn't that good. I mean, seven, eight, nine are, are weak. The defense is weak. The bullpen is suspect. And again, all year we talked about it. They beat up on bad teams. Yes, it gets you in the playoffs, but on the road they're not very good. Against good teams, they're not very good. And Houston is a very good team. So I think everyone wanted to kind of talk around it and avoid it and say hey, you know, they're in the playoffs, they're, they're winning, this is a very good team. And what happened, maybe it's still the injury, what happened to Aloy Jimenez, our big power bat? Yeah, yeah, I know. The power's not there right now. He's hitting the ball the other way here for, you know, singles, you know, the other way. But even, even in the regular season, he wasn't very good. I mean, he had a, I think he was a basically a major league average hitter. Oh, yeah, he was. There's no doubt about it. He's he's not the player that he was uh, last season. Who knows if the injury, how much the injury took out of him. He missed 99 games this year with the injury, yeah, Paul. So. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a long season. Paul, appreciate the call. And um, that's a lot of Sox fans, and I'm, you know, we'll be able to look at this if, in fact, they do lose to the Astros. Um, maybe you're not that, you know, as good. And you got to – I really do think they need to get a right fielder, a full-time right fielder, and a second baseman that they like a little bit better than Cesar Hernandez. Right. Well, look, and, and you've gone from preseason, spring training – Bullpen's going to not lose any. I mean, they're not going to lose games. They're going to shut down any opportunity they have. They're, That's what that everybody going to be the best in Major best, League Baseball. Best bullpen, right? Didn't turn out. No. Nope. Starting rotation, very, very good, and then it had its injuries and its hiccups. And then it just Jekyll and Hyde offense, right? One month, hit the ball out of the ballpark. Next yep. month, crickets. You yeah. can't possibly do it. They were brutal hitting, the, hitting home runs in the first half of the season, yep. but they were winning. Which was nice because you were hitting other things and doing other things. Yesterday, you put 11 singles out there. That's not going to get you a lot. Unfortunately, as you showed, you got you four runs. 18 and that's not singles enough. over two games. Yeah. I mean, yeah. One other team has managed that kind yeah. of uh, inept offense. Let's go to Old Town and George. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, George. Uh, I like our chances to come back with C starting uh, tomorrow, or t- tomorrow night and also Rodon coming with Kopech. Uh, I think the bats will pick up. And, you know, to get down on the bullpen, I mean, that, that was an error by Garcia. I'm not putting the finger on it. It was a tough play, but for God's sakes, the bats, they, they were hitting the ball. Uh, I, I, think, I think they'll come to play with the crowd in Chicago. It's going to be crazy, and it's going to lift the team, and I think we can win, too. It's, it's the fifth game I'll be worried about when we have to go back. Well, who would you go in the fifth game? Would you go with the Giolito or Lynn? I, I'd go back with Lynn. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's done it for him all year, George. Appreciate the call. Um, I'm sure there are people that are optimistic, but it's it's really difficult when you haven't seen the bats do enough. I mean, the 11 hits yesterday was nice. Like Tony said, we hit the ball. He, here's what LaRusa La said after the game. How tough is it to, to, to win a game when the margin of error is sm- so small because of the way they're playing? Well, let me ask you a question. Did we, how many hits did we get? We get 11 and they had 10. So we went. No, they're a good hitting club. We're a good hitting club. They made a lot of good defensive plays. We made a lot of good defense plays. The scores to me is very misleading. Nah. We got hurt with some walks. You know, we got some innings where, you know, that's one of the things they do really well. You know, they have good strike zone understanding. So, you know, they'll take a walk and uh, the walks hurt us. But except for the, the last, those two out hits, 
you know, it's five four, and you know we had a lot of uh, several hard hit balls. The one probably the crusher one, his money hit to the right center. The Tucker caught. You made a nice play on, but no, they're really good. But I thought we played really well too. Uh, but they play better. So eleven to ten, we win. Right? Yeah. Eleven hits See, to ten and look, hits. And, and I know you're trying to to, to you know. Spin He's not going to criticize the team. No. No. And, and and you know, okay, eleven hits would be great. Right. You need extra base hits, and then the whole idea that two out hits hurt. They always do. Yeah. The walks, leadoff walks, always kill you. Right. I'm more often than not. So yeah. it's when when did they get those hits? When did they get those walks? Did those walks get on, get over, and get in? Yeah. Well, yes, yes, and yes. Right. The dreaded leadoff walk, something Hawk used to talk about yeah. all the time. They've had four of them in the first two games, leadoff walks by their pitchers. But Tony said the one thing, and he's harped on it during the last month. He talked about how the White Sox have to start swinging at strikes. And he talked about how the Astros have good strike zone understanding. That's it. Play That's discipline. something the White Sox don't have. They struck out 11 times yesterday. They don't have the good strike zone uh, understanding. You had a Bray who struck out twice. Now, he's the guy you're not going to criticize for, for the strike zone. Not when he drives in 117 runs. Um, Anderson struck out just once. Robert doesn't isn't striking out, no, which is amazing no. for the he first two hit, games. Gets, you know, but the bottom of the order... Vaughn Garcia and Engel slash Hernandez. Some people will say would like to. Um, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven strikeouts. Yeah. Two hits, seven strikeouts. And again, if you're not, I meant slashing from the lineup. That, no, I didn't mean that no, I know, else. right? And, and again, all the all the stuff I wanted, people I wanted to injure, it, running it, on the streets. It's a league where the home runs matter. And now the Red Sox had five of them yesterday. Are there twenty hits? You don't have to have that. No, but you better have two. Yeah, in the course of a game, got to have some. Let's grab one more call before we take a break. We go to our guy, Owen, out in Willowbrook. Hello, Owen. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well. Uh, just a few points. Um, before next game, somebody ought to show uh, uh, Moncada the play that Uribe made in the All-Star game when he went to the stands on a foul ball. Yeah. Ooh. He wants that ball. You don't pull up. He, he should have had that ball that led to a walk, led to an extra run. And there's a net there now. Right. He'd get right. caught. Yeah, he'd get right. caught in the net. Right. Right. If you really want to win this game, you go after that ball. He pulled up. That's an out against Alvarez. That's five or six extra pitches for Giolito. So, uh, secondly, I don't like him bringing Crochet the day before he threw 25 pitches. It's a five-game series. He doesn't have the luxury to look at game three and game four when you're down one nothing on the road. I agree. You have yep. to go for the win, yep. and everybody's talking about it as Kopech. And then, and then thirdly, he managed in reverse. He want, The day before, he said he wanted an angle in the outfield for defense, and that's why that's why he benched Hernandez. Yeah. Won a tight game. You don't give up defense in a tight game for offense. He did a lousy job. And, and all I can tell you is he did exactly opposite what he said he wanted to do. Good. Oh, and good call on yeah. that one. Yeah. And definitely a good call on that one. The other thing about the Moncada – he busted his tail to get there because the offense or the um, infield was shifted over. Right. And he slipped. His heels slipped. So who knows if he would have kept going track, for the ball. Yeah, right. yeah, his heels slipped as he was starting to slow down a little bit. And uh, so I don't know. But he, there is a netting there. So maybe and he could have just the, dove. What did the five guys on the first row immediately do? Take out their phones and start videoing. I know. What are what's you doing with that? With, what's wrong with people? What are they going to do with that video? I, I, I don't know. I, 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 like, I don't turn know. it into an NFT? Like, sure. what, what's going uh, yeah. on? Look, look, what I, look how close I am to a guy who almost blew out a knee. Yeah. I mean, I, I just it, it's beyond me, but I'm like, they're, they're one after another. Yeah. Let me get a better angle on this. I know. Hey, can you stay down there? I haven't got to get, I'm low on power here. I know. By the way, 
to put some numbers behind the the plate discipline and stuff. Yeah. Um, according to Fangraphs, Houston sixth in Major League Baseball with a twenty nine and a half percent chase rate. The White Sox are twenty fourth at thirty three percent. You'd hope for better. Yep. <laughs> yes, you would. There's no doubt you'd hope for better. And uh, and t- like I said, Tony has mentioned it all season long. Yeah. During the Angels series, I remember this distinctly because the Angels came in and. Tony said that the Angels relievers pitched well. So the next day on the pregame show, Len Casper's talking to Tony La Russa, as he does before every game. And Casper, knowing what Tony said the day before, he said, those Angels receivers pitched very well. And Tony immediately said, yeah, they did. But he said, we've got to swing at strikes. We've got to have better strike zone discipline. We don't have it right now. And that was... Three, two and a half, three weeks before the season ended. And that's this problem this team has. They do not have good strike zone discipline, as those stats from Fangraphs just showed. Uh, let's, let's grab a couple more calls. We come back. Don't forget the hockey show with Pat Boyle, Brian Henley coming up at 10 here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Grab a few more callers before the hockey show coming up. Top of the hour with Pat Boyle and Brian Handley. We go to our guy, John and Evanston. Hello, John. Hey, morning, guys. Yeah, you know what? It irritates me that you go out and you make a move for Hernandez, and then you have him coming off the bench. This guy's a switch hitter. He's hit the long ball this year. I think he's a steadier second baseman. You could put him behind Anderson in the lineup, so you got two table setters. And, you know, our first baseman, Abreu, has been fighting the flu, and that's probably why his bat is lagging. You get him healthy, and you get this lineup back at guaranteed rate, and they will win those two games this weekend. Doing what we need to do at Houston, they got to figure that out. But let's get there. And I think we did take two out of three at guaranteed rate. They played much better. They hit better at home. They'll have the crowd behind them, and boy, that crowd will be will be a ruckus. And you'll see they'll turn it around at home, and they will go back to Houston for a game five. Appreciate the call, John. The one thing about Cesar Hernandez, and I know that's why they got him. They got him because he was homering and things like that. He had eighteen home runs with the uh, Indians. He had three with the White Sox. I think in one week, right? Yeah. Didn't he go on a little tear? Yeah, he did. He hit the same. He had 231 with Cleveland. He had 232 with the White Sox. His on base was just 307. So he's not going to be a guy that's going to set in the table for you. He's always batted. They put him a couple times at the top of the order when there were injuries or guys were out. But he he didn't do what he yeah, needed to do. Yeah, it's not exactly the Tim Anderson uh, no. Cesar daily double. Here's his slugging percentage with Cleveland 431 with the White Sox 299. Hmm. Well, that's what happens when you only hit three homers in 207 at bats. So we'll see what happens. I would think that maybe he does get a start tomorrow. We'll have to wait and see. I don't, Tony's really big on lefty-righty, lefty-righty. People were wondering why Moncada hit two in the opener, and that's because he was able to go righty-lefty. He went righty-Anderson, lefty-Moncada, righty-Abreu, lefty-Grandal, uh, righty-righty with Robert and Jimenez, then Gavin Sheets, lefty, Angle righty, Larry Garcia, lefty. You know, He's a big lefty-righty guy. Kyle Hendricks said something, maybe to Jesse this week, um, talking about the White Sox lineup, and he said there is a sameness. A lot of those guys are the same guys. Yeah. So if the right pitcher's out there, you can get through that lineup 
without much stress. The Astros pitching coach said this pretty much the same yeah. thing. He said it's a lot easier to prepare for the White Sox because they have a lot of the guys that yeah. do the same thing. We go to uh, Vegas and Cullen. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Cullen. Hey, gentlemen. How are you this morning? We've been better. Yeah, me too. I tell you what. Uh, you know, the thing about the, this team is that, you know, compared to the 05 team, they, the 05 team was consistent. They were consistent hitting. They were timely hitting. They took advantage of when they had runners on base. And they're not doing that right now. And, you know, and of course, we're, we're blasting through our bullpen. And it's just, it's really, it's just sad because this team has, I suck in and I just hope they're not keeping too early because there's just, there's a lot of young, raw talent there that they, that, you know, that they can win. They can win. But if, if the pitching isn't going to be consistent, if the whole thing isn't going to be consistent, then they are going to get swept. And I just, they haven't been I'm consistent all year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Cullen, uh, yeah. The old th- five team, though, Fred, that rotation was one for the ages. Yeah, it was. Each guy took the ball and went seven, eight, nine innings. Right. I mean, one through four. Yeah. You and went through the- four closers and got to right. big Bobby Jenks at the yeah. end, and he was lights out. Um, yeah, and the, and the offense certainly didn't didn't hurt you at all. No, but, but it once- was a big difference, yeah. And and that's when pitchers you would go. I mean, again, there's something in that, that Angels series you'll never, ever see again. Four complete games. Right. Okay, that's never going to happen not, again. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. Heck, we can't. Sox can't get a guy to go five. Uh, Tyler well, we and I, see uh, uh, like four, six inning performances yeah. in a row yeah. in this postseason. Well, I don't I, think we will. Tyler and I were talking until yesterday when... Um, Logan Webb went seven, seven and two thirds. Nobody had gone six. Did we? Did we? Yeah. Find, did no, we, nobody had. Yeah. Nobody would have been eligible for a quality start. Right. Yeah. So I think the longest was a five, was five and a third. Uh, Wainwright won five and a third in the wild card game. But other than that, they pull everybody out. And even on the broadcast yesterday, as old as the broadcast was, they were talking about third time through the lineup. And uh, you know that's one of the it's, big yeah, things. Yeah, everyone, everyone's got to talk about third time through. I know. It's just a given that you're not getting through the third time through the lineup. That's what they all say. Yeah. Let's go to uh, Hyde Park and Sam. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Sam. Hey guys, how are you? Okay. Look, I want to I want to comment on on something that a caller said a few minutes ago in regards to Moncada and going after that ball. That that is an extremely difficult ball to catch. You don't just run over there and camp out under it. Um, oh no, I mean, he was flying. Easy. Yeah, and he was he was way over with the shift. He yeah. was in normal position. It wouldn't have been nearly as complicated. Yeah, no, I hear you on that. Um, it's just an extremely difficult catch to make in in any circumstances. Um, I, I do want to say um, about Jim Cott. I mean, this might be a little uncomfortable, but we got to get comfortable talking about this stuff. Well, Why we don't, the heck we, hasn't that guy been fired yet? Well, we, give it give it time. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think you're going to see him happen. back in the booth. Yeah, I, Jack Morris. Jack Morris got let go. Yeah, uh, I mean, earlier he, this year. The, the baseball can move on without Jim Cott's analysis. Yeah, 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 and, and a lot of people were surprised that MLB Network decided to have, um, you know, Showalter and Cott and everybody in the and Costas. And, yeah, I mean, and he was Costas, the young guy. Yeah, who who actually had a hard time. He had a rough call. Oh. He, he thought Andrew Vaughn was at first because he was originally there. He didn't even know that it was a Brayu making. He was stretches trying to the, explain crochet how many guys he was going to have to face yeah. in the inning with the yeah. new rule, and then he had to come back and say, "Well, you know, the new rule isn't that. It's either you get through the inning, you don't have to face three right. guys if you get through the inning." And so like, I know, oh. and then then he calls him, you know, Elroy Jimenez, so whatever. Um, forget the White Sox, at least for an hour. We got hockey talk coming up. The hockey show, Pat Boyle, Brian Hanley, I'm leaving. Pat sliding on in right after this on ESPN 1000.